You remember. Roll your stealth roll. Game books, pencils, pizza, cheese puffs, and a hell of a lot of dice. And the dragon woke up. Roll for initiative. This is the Roll for Initiative podcast, where 1E is the place to be. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Roll for Initiative podcast. I am DM Nick, and I'm here with my faithful and wonderful and terrific DM Matt, our producer. Yes. Hello, everyone. And this is... um, this is an issue. Which one is it? This will be Volume Nine, Issue Two Sixteen. Volume Nine, Issue Two Sixteen. All right, and going along with our journey down memory lane with the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, we are going to do um, the um, City at the Edge of Midnight. That's Episode Sixteen. Uh, from season two that was written by I believe Michael Reeves and Carl Gers and it was directed by John Gibbs it premiered September 22nd 1984 and the synopsis of the episode is the kids must seek out the city of it at the edge of midnight and save its children from the night walker who steals little children at the stroke of midnight dun 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 this episode on IMDb was rated, I think it's rated eight and a half stars. And I'll bring up, there's a moment in this episode where I think it lends it to that rating. And I'll, I'll point that moment out once we get to it. So our episode begins really in the normal world. You see this face of a clock and it's ticking. It's like two minutes to midnight, you know, like the nuclear countdown clock back from in the 80s from two minutes to midnight. Isn't that Iron Maiden song? Yeah. Anyway, so you see this little boy sleeping in his bed and you hear slowly the clock is slowly winding down. And then all of a sudden, you see this light come out from under his bed. This eerie uh, reddish glow. And he's getting sucked up from under his bed. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is like the movie Poltergeist. Yeah. And dad is and dad is yelling at him, Jimmy, Jimmy, where are you? No. And Jimmy is sucked under the bed. <laughs> and dad's like, son, where are you? Where are you? And he's screaming his name, little Jimmy. And you see a police car pull up. Yeah, yeah what a way to start <laughs> and, an episode of a Saturday morning. I know that was that was different. Let me say, yeah, a little bit yeah. of um, a little bit of distress there. I mean, yeah. so it quickly switches to basically the realms again, and another desert. Big surprise! With all these like crystals, so. There, Eric's complaining, like, I'm sorry, we made the wrong turn. It's my fault. We need water. We're, we're going to die. <laughs> yeah. It's like, 
So, um, nope, hold on. My mouse disappeared. Oh, no. And then all, and it's like, and Eric's like, I was like, maybe we should have gone this way. And then DM shows up, of course. Of course. And then DM like sits down on one of these crystal things. He says, you'll find safety and danger ahead. And then he says, well, yes, I'm sorry about that, but you, you will must find the city of edge of mid at the end of midnight because that, um, because it could be a way home, I suppose. And this is how we can find it. It says, um, they, um, they have to find the city of edge of midnight. Sorry. I lost my train of thought here. Yeah, <laughs> and, Though he's basically DM says like the children of the realms and of their world where they came from are, are in danger. And so a little ominous note to trying to find the city of edge to the midnight. And they're asking him, you know, where can we find it? So it's not a matter of like you finding it, whether it finding you. Oh, so, so yeah. So unlike last time where he gives a map, this time he's just going to no matter where you wander, you're going to find it. Railroad. Yeah, basically. Choo choo, railroad. And then the wind picks up, they all get blinded and DM disappears. So they just they're complaining again. It's like, how do we know where to go? It's like, well, why don't you ask Eric? He was the one who got us lost. <laughs> but then they're not so, yeah, they're not paying Eric's him. The DM said he yeah. would find them, so it doesn't matter. Right. Railroad. And then, like, Eric's like, oh, fine. What the heck with you guys? And he goes up a sand dune and he falls down the other side. And then they, all of a sudden, they find an oasis. Yes, the oasis. And they get the finally get the water and get the. Some more water frolicking for two episodes in a row. Yes, they're frolicking in the water. It's like now they're not gonna they're not gonna like waste away. And then a hook horror shows up. Yes, a hook horror, yes. folks. And then a whole bunch of them. Yeah. What? What? Are, since they're kind of like you know, um, I guess since they're kind of like birds, are they, would it be a flock yeah. of hook horrors? Yeah, well, there's like a whole bunch of them. Yeah, it's like um, th this the DM's being kind of mean here with that many hook horrors. How do you know it was DM sending them? Well, we can only assume. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm assuming everything in this is DM, and he just enjoys DM's it. fault. Yeah, it's all the DM's yeah. fault. Yeah, because DM's a dick. Exactly. Um, so they're backed up against this fountain in the. Uh, in this uh, oasis, and then they're trying to surround them, the hook horrors, and then all of a sudden there's a wall behind them. I guess what would be like an elephant or an elephant. Yeah. yeah. With a guy, big giant guy, well, giant guy, but a big fellow wearing a tur turban. Um, yeah, it comes in. He, he's like, comes up with a big huff, and he's just like, Big little furry little creatures, yeah, and he just kind of laughs. He's like, Oh, see, grouped large flocks of hook whores every day, nothing to see here. No, not concerned in the least. And they're like, 
And he says, should we, as, as you say, knock their socks off? <laughs> <laughs> and they kind of team up and all attack the hook horrors. And Eric's like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. This guy just shows up and now we're all of a sudden friends. Right. You look like a trustworthy fellow to the extreme. I find it interesting that the, the guy wearing the turban is, seems to be well-versed in slang from Earth. Right. So yes, they right. fight the, yeah. But when you we get further into the episode, you could figure out why. Right. Um, but they fight the, uh, the hook horrors, and they defeat them. And, this, and he says, ah, very good, my children. You guys are how you say hot stuff. <laughs> yes, it's it. He's like the dad that's trying to be cool by throwing out yeah. all the kids things say and yeah. Just- yeah, and Eric finally is like, how he gets surrounded by these hook horrors. He's like, and his back is up against the wall, and then our unknown Arab man with the turban says, uh, you know, stand back, you know, basically is like, hold my beer. (laughs) I got this and takes this, this big old scimitar and smacks it on the ground. Wham. And it produces these like sonic waves, I guess. And it like blows apart this wall and starts raining down rubble and stuff on the hook horrors. Yeah, yeah, he does, and, yeah, he does the old Hulk earthquake thing with his sword somehow. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then so you get all the rubble raining down the hook horrors, and then, yeah, they're not a problem anymore. Right. So Eric's like, okay, who are you, <laughs> essentially? Yeah. So who are you? And he says his name is Ramud. And and he says this is he's a merchant from Kadesh. He says this is the forbidden oasis of no return. And what happens is the people who spend the night at the oasis turn into monsters. And that's what those hook horrors were. Oh. So that leads me that that leads me to to ask the question. Maybe they weren't attacking, but they were trying to ask for help and didn't know because they're turned into hook horrors. They don't, right. they can't communicate. Right? They're like, Maybe, save me, save me! If someone's hook horror, help me, help me! And so they're like, it comes out. Rah, 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 rah. Oh, kill yeah. it! They were bringing yeah, exactly. love, and instead you killed it. Yeah. Pretty much. So it could be a big misunderstanding for all we know. Yeah. Maybe maybe they didn't kill the cores. They just buried them under some rocks. They're still okay. Yeah, that's right, because you're not going to show any killing in this show. Right. They're just buried. They're a little uncomfortable, but they'll, they'll unstack them and undo the magic. That's it. Right. Yeah. So Ramud uh, asks the our heroes if he wants to join the caravan he has. Um, so he gets his his um, caravan ready to go and gets everybody up on these kind of these elephant looking creatures. They, and they all get up on right on them. And um, Eric's on one of them and he's trying to get them to go. And R- Ramud says, you have to say Katrash. 
And then Eric's like, Katrash, Katrash. He goes, No, Master Eric, roll your R's. And he's like, Okay, Katrash, Katrash. And the, the thing just like takes off running after the rest of the caravan. Ha ha ha. Ha oh, ha. Making fun of Eric because he can't roll his R's. Yes. So they get the caravan going. And they finally, I guess, they get to his his campment, his encampment, and they're having a big old feast. And it looks like like Bobby was eating ice cream. There's this big old feast out there with all the four food groups, you know, good, well, it was, it was properly a, 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 a displayed. Yeah, it was a well-rounded feast for being in the middle of a desert. Well, you know, hey, he has his ways. Yes, and I mean, at this point, when I was watching this, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if he's a bad guy because he's coming off as he's got his stuff together a little too good. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll find out more. Um, Right, because Ramud talks about his daughter that she she went missing um, when... At, in the palace that at night and um yeah. they offered to help to find his daughter and he's like no 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 there's no real easy way to reach her it's a long story so but do not worry ramud is here as you're uh, and you're my guest and let's sleep here for the night he keeps referring to him as his, ch- all his, his children, his my children. children. And Sheila in particular reminds him of his daughter. Yes. He said, you know, Sheila says, you remind, you remind me of my daughter. Yeah. So they have this, he has, so he has this bond with the kids, which if you're going down, mm-hmm. he's the villain mindset. It's like, okay, this is getting a little creepy. But um, he like he helped the kids. He helped our heroes, and yeah. you know he's and he's treating them well. And um, so the our heroes bed down for the night, and they're all like, "Why don't we stay with Ramud?" Right, and because he's like he's like a father to us, and like you said, he says he's calling them my children. Yeah, he's and you get this. Them. Yeah, he's providing for them. He's protecting them, and uh, he seems like a fairly good man. And then when Eric's like, you know, he's kind of bedding down here. And Eric says, when they're, he's like, he's, he's better than my dad ever was. And he has this kind of sad look on his face. Like oh. there's a little bit of background here with Eric and, you know, the rich spoiled kid and his dad, Right. you know? Yeah, so we, yeah. we start getting little seeds of back history prior to mm-hmm. the show of the, the kids because we've never really delved into any of that so far in the show. No, not really at all. So, we're, we're so we get a little bit of, yeah, we get a little background there of Eric. Yes, he's the spoiled kid, but there's a, some, he does not have a very good relationship with his father back home. Right. So remote, Ramud. Um, checks in on the kids and sees they're not asleep yet. And then he says to uh, Sheila, I have, have a gift for you. And it's a, um, a doll that used to be 
Armud's daughters, Aisha. That's his daughter's name is Aisha. And he says, I, you know, it was, um, if I cannot find my daughter, I would like to know that it was at least loved by someone who, you know, reminds me of her. Right. This cute little doll. Yeah. You know, very simple little doll. And you see like tears in Sheila's eyes. Right. You just had the so, touching moment here. Yeah. They had this little touching moment. And then it fades to basically, I guess the clock there is like a water clock. Cause you see, cause you see water dripping Yeah. and it's just about to strike midnight and it stops. You're, and you're like, Oh, I've seen this before. Yep. And then all of a sudden the ground starts glowing under Bobby. And it's not because he peed the bed. Uh, it is a magic portal that is opening up. And, you know, you find this out after a commercial break. There's this rectangular portal that opens up. Bobby's being sucked in. Sheila has him. Hank's shooting the magic bow. And then all these, like, flames shoot out. And then I'm guessing it is a demon. Yeah. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an Afrit. I think it's a demon. I guess it could be an Afrit. Yeah, it could, it could, it could go either way. Just this, this flaming monster. Yes, this flaming kind of dog-like, almost dog-like face looking monster. And then Ramud is like, you know, tries to attack it. He grabs Bobby and the she has like, this boy is mine. And then boom disappears and the portal closes and and you hear ramu during this battle he says i found him at last i'm like and you're like huh was he yeah found found him at last i'm like oh that's who took his daughter daughter and took the other kids too and he was using the kids as bait well this is you'll find out well well i don't know about Bait, but uh, it, it, the kids inadvertently became bait. Yeah, I think it was completely unintentional. Well, maybe, well, not for, well, rem, removed for sure, but for Dungeon Master, no, oh, he's no. the guy. He's yeah. the one behind this. Yeah, he, you he, know, he, yeah, he was pro child. He set abduction. this all up. Yeah, he set up all yeah. the child abduction. Yeah, because DM's a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, uh, Ramud mentions that this is a this creature really has no name, so everybody calls it the Nightwalker. He and he's the one who took Aisha. But if they call it the Nightwalker, it has a name, right? So I'm like, well, then, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the point in the episode where I think. This is why he got eight and a half stars. He explains that, you know, it took took his Aisha. And you see this look of determination on everybody's face. Because there's this, when he's talking, it's panning to everybody in the group. You see Hank, Eric, Presto. Um, you see Diana. And the clock is striking midnight. Okay. And uh, just, you have that epic moment of the heroes are like, we're going to do this. We're going to. And then, 
and then here's the thing, you know, you hear strike midnight and then Eric's like, you remember the dummy who said that, you know, we shouldn't be going. Well, forget that dummy. Let's get this thing open. It's Eric. Yeah. That steps up the one who's kind of sort of a coward, but it's not just, you know, Aisha, but took one of their own took Bobby. Right. And it's like that bond that they had mm-hmm. and that bond of a father and daughter. Eric saw that love and he was like, he channeled that gave him the strength. And it was like, we're going to do this. Yeah. Let's get that thing open. It's like, you could see the determination to get Bobby and Aida clearly on their faces. Yeah. And you, you see this. It's like Hank just nods his head. Mm-hmm. Presto grabs his hat and he's, Sheila grabs Bobby's helmet and club. Diana gets her, gets her staff ready. And Hank's like, are you ready? All this magic comes out. Um, Diana has her staff. Um, Ramud, you know, smacks his scimitar and his staff to make the, like the sonic blast towards the ground. And then Hank fires his bow, and then the magic portal opens up again. Yeah, through their powers. And I'm I'm describing this scene to everybody because it's pretty impressive. Because then you see again, and just Ramud's like, "My children, are you ready?" And Eric's like, "There's no time like the present." Yeah. Yes, they they cease being kids at that moment, and they become heroes. Yes. They truly become heroes. That whole scene, how it kind of, I'm getting kind of goosebumps just talking about it. I don't know why, yeah. but that, that was, I think, I don't know if it's a turning point, but it's a, I think it's kind of a watershed moment in the series where yeah, yeah. you get this, the, you see this look on their faces during this whole thing of like, we have to do this and we're going to get Bobby back and we're going to get Aisha back. And it was a very adult moment. Right. And I mean, this episode, when you look at the themes and like how it starts, it's all very deep for your typical Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. There's, there's the underlying thing, uh, theme of child abduction. Right. You have the child abduction and then the bond of family. And that's that importance from it and what you will do Mm -hmm. for your family. And that family could be, you know, the you know, father to daughter, or in this case, also a, you know, a group of friends. Right. It's that. Yeah. I, I, I liken it to like over time where when you're, when you're a soldier and you spend all this time together and you've been through hell and you form this bond and they've been who knows how long in the realms, right? Right they've all formed this bond and it's like one of ours is gone and we're going to get them back. Right. Because no one to the portal. Yeah. Yeah. No one else can understand what they've been through other than each other. So they can relate on an entirely different level to each other. Mm -hmm. And you have that bond and and this episode is just bringing out that themes and it'll be interesting to see as the series continues in the remaining Mm -hmm. episodes if you, you still have the, because this is the first time where they really showed that we're not kids. Yeah. Cause you know what? Now that I think of it, the words that was 
there was none of that bickering, you know, you know, between like Eric and Hank or Presto and Eric and all of that going on. None of that. They were all, they, they knew exactly what they had to do. And it was Eric who kind of started it off. It's like, let's do this thing. Right. And that was like the turning point. This is where they're no longer kids. They've, they've matured and they was like, this is what we got to do. Right. No, no argument. There was no argument. I think that was the key thing. There was no argument amongst those kids at all. No, because usually there would always be, Usually Eric saying like, oh, I don't know about that. Right. Instead. This not time, this time. No, this time he's like the one who's always saying, let's not is saying, let's do. Let's do this. Let's do this. And then they jump into that portal and you get the commercial break. And then you come back out of a weird landscape and they must be in the city at the. And the clock is like right stuck one minute before 12 and Eric's looking around and saying, Hey, we're, looks like we're being watched or being followed. And he's like, like, there's another one, another one. These like little demon looking things that are like gray and black and stuff. And then they start running after him. So you got the shadow demon things chasing them and they chase him to a dead end. And there's Ramud and he's standing there's about ready to face off with them. And Sheila's like, well, hold on a minute. Well, maybe they know where they are. Have them have these shadow Monsters take us to maybe where um, Bobby and Aisha are. And they all kind of, uh, in a way, agree. Ramu's like, Sheila, you are just as brave as my little Aisha. So they um, let these shadow monsters take them to the Nightwalker. So... We get to a scene to where, you know, it's they're taking him to the clock tower, and you can see that they they are led inside the, this giant clock tower, and then you see a scene where these children by the the children are basically being used as slaves to hold back the mechanical workings of the clock. So it will not strike me. Now here's my question. Why? Um, um, I don't know. I don't know why it couldn't be done. Be Isn't, uh, why? Why can't this thing strike midnight? What happens? Right. You know, and it looks like this thing, all it does is abduct children to keep the clock from turning and then spend its time abducting more children to keep the top so clock from turning midnight. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what's the, that was the only kind of plot hole I found. I'm like, okay, they're got to get the children back. So the thing won't strike midnight, but why? Right. What's the point of it? So they're inside the clock tower. They run away and from from the uh, the shadow monsters and the Nightwalker. They're running away, and they, I get they start to climb up on one of the uh, the clock's weight. Um, and actually, before that, you hear the Nightwalker says, "What are they doing?" And he says. The, you hear the Nightwalker say they hold back the wheels of time. Oh. 
So time's frozen there because the clock is not ticking. But you know, but it's like, why? Why is that so important? Why stop the wheels of time? Because (laughs) you don't really get a good explanation. Right. Well, I guess also if the hands of time aren't turning and time is frozen, the kids will never age. Um, but so well, why the night walker needs these kids to, for the stop it from right, you know, yeah. turning to midnight. I mean, what's his benefit besides enslaving children? Maybe he's just evil just for the sake of evil, I guess. Well, you know? well he is the night walker and has no name. So maybe he does twirl his mustache. Yeah, I'm. I'm just wondering. Maybe this is kind of a. I I don't know if I want to venture down this road. Maybe it's kind of. He's doing it because he likes it. Right. It's like maybe this is a metaphor for child abuse. Maybe it's a yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if it is. Yeah, because I don't. Yeah, just with the theming of this episode is very dark, and you can almost see that. Or it could just be they were just thinking of what's kind of an intriguing idea and we're reading mm-hmm. way too much into it. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. I'm just kind of thinking about it now. It's like, well, what's the reason why he's doing it? Maybe because he likes it. Right. He just likes, you know, keeping these kids a slave, slaves. So, in a way, it, like child abuse. Yeah. I guess. So yeah. anyway, sounds good. To take me. it for what for you for what it for take it for what it is. Right. You know, but I don't know if that's what they were actually going for there. But I can I can maybe see that. You know. Yeah. And how bad it is, and I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah. I'm I'm cool with that. It's a good lesson where when stuff like that happens, you gotta you gotta stand up to it. So they're taking off away from the night walker and and the and the shadow monsters eric's uh, deflecting blasts away from the night walker they climb up all clock weight and they time has to start again we got to get this thing started and they're going up 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 and then they see bobby and um they get bobby his club and his helmet back and then Bobby uses his club to start the clock again. He knocks away like a whole bunch of um, uh, like blocks, if if I remember correctly, just like it was like blocks oh, and rope and just this all just anything they could to wedge the time right from moving. And he knocks them away, so it starts. The whole thing starts up again. Excuse me. And then Ramud is calling out for Aisha and trying to find her. Because at this point is when the kids that were abducted, once the clock strikes midnight, start disappearing. Yep, the spell is broken from the Nightwalker. They start, I guess, returning home. And then they look around and guess who's one of the kids? That little Jimmy at the beginning of the episode. Right. And they know Jimmy and Jimmy knows our heroes and he's like looking at them and saying, wow, this is a really weird dream. And he's like, Oh, wow. Oh, you know, it's a Sunday night. Remember I couldn't go with you guys to the amusement park and I had to stay home. And 
So, yeah, ha, ha, very funny. This is just all really weird dream. I'll see you all tomorrow at school. So, <laughs> right. but, but a takeaway from that is in the real world, only like maybe a day has passed. Yeah. The cops are going to be totally blown away by seeing what happened here. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so it's like and this kid like finally pops up in his in his bed. Like, okay, where did you come from? Well, I just had a bad dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> I went and hid under the bed. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so after you know meeting with Jimmy, and then Jimmy disappears and. He's like, I'll see you in the morning at school. <laughs> yeah, see you in the morning. So they, yeah, so they all um, return to Ramud's camp. Oh yeah, before he disappears, the kid says, "Hey, uh, can't wait to see where your crummy uh, um, card tricks there, Presto." Oh. Then I found out something very interesting here. Yeah, you see Eric starting to glow like the other kids when they started to disappear. Yeah, and then they show up at. Ramud, Ramud's camp. So what does that tell you? They are home. Are they home? This is where they belong? Yeah. And then, you know, Eric takes a tumble down a sand dune and there's DM. Yeah. Un- unless it's a little more literal and it's where you went through the portal. Yeah, well, you never know. Well, this is where, where DM um, kind of comes into play and he says to Ramud, oh, hello, your majesty. And apparently Ramud is a king. And Ramud says, "As where's my daughter Aisha? And there she's just running out of a uh, one of the tents. Says, father. And he grabs her and they hug. So Aisha's back. And this is your sister. So DM says to them, you know, he's a Ramud is a king and he's a ruler of vast land. And he calls us his children, that Sheila says. And as you know, he said that through the whole episode, right? He's calling them his children. Yeah. And then DM says that is the next choice that you must make. So they basically have to make the choice. Are they going to stay with Bermud or continue to find a way home to their real families? And it cuts to the scene where Aisha is holding the doll and gives it to Sheila and says, you know, keep this. And they decide they're going to find a way home. Yeah. So, so they gives them enough food and provisions to go and ride these um, elephant creature thingies. Yep. And and then Ramud says, well, we shall, as you say, so take alley-oops. <laughs> and then Eric's like, trash, trash again. <laughs> well, no, Master Eric, roll your R's. Trash! And then it takes off again. And everybody has a cute little laugh. Mm-hmm. And then the, the end. Yeah. 
this was a really good episode. Yeah, well, yeah. The the series seems to be starting to hit its stride here with yeah with episodes here because uh, it's very much multi layered. If like we were like the five six year old us watching this, we wouldn't necessarily pick up on like the themes and the some of the more subtle th- uh, storytelling that's going on here with the between we're getting hints of the backstory of the mm-hmm. characters and then we're seeing them grow. Mm-hmm. From just being these kids thrown into a new land and goofing around and not taking things serious to we're going to do this. And no yeah, nothing. just that, that whole scene there where where it takes Bobby and explain how Aisha was t- taken by this this night walker creature. And just the whole that whole thing where it was there was no argument. There was no arguments. There was no bickering amongst themselves. They just looked all each other like, we know what we got to do. Right. Yeah, because if you look at this episode, there wasn't a, there was a little bit, but not a lot of the normal comedy. It was, right. everything was more straight in this. Yeah, there was some comedy here and there. Right, but, but it, was, it was more bookended than mm-hmm. once, once right. they hit the meat of the episode, it was, this is serious. Yeah, this was, I thought, a fairly well-written episode. And just the whole idea behind, like I said, maybe just as simple as that Night Walker thing just likes to torture children. Right. Yeah. And So. Yeah, but, and now, though, how would you use this in a game? Uh, see, that's, that's the, that's tough. Yeah. Because, I mean, okay, I could see you have, like, the Nightwalker. It's abducting children. Okay, you got that. Mm-hmm. But then you got to go rescue them. But it's, with, yeah, because when I'm just looking at this, I'm like, okay, you, you could kind of do that. But I what really makes this is that emotional storytelling mm-hmm. that's involved. That's more the focus of this. Like an involved, like, with, like, a... Maybe you, you the, the party gets involved that the king's heir to the throne has been abducted right. by this demon creature called the Nightwalker. And he asks for you your, to go find this Nightwalker. And in search of this Nightwalker, one of your own, I, the Nightwalker. Right. Yeah. So, so something, maybe something like that. Yeah. That could work. Right. And I would try to come up with a better explanation on the on why on why. Yeah. Why? Other than I maybe it is that the Nightwalker needs to keep that area frozen in time just so it doesn't go poof and disappear and die. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it, what happened in the episode, essentially, to the Nightwalker. Right. It just disappears. But then the question, would, then my question would be. Why do you have to abduct the kids to do it? Why can't you just sprig something and no one will ever right. know? So mm-hmm. it would almost have to be like it feed, maybe it's feeding off the youth of the kids and the kids start while time is frozen for the Nightwalker. It's actually maybe it's up. feeding upon their fear or so something they, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's just something that involves it needs kids and not just like big sturdy men to hold it or whatever. It needs right. Something it needs that fear ch- from the children or something right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, because I almost got like like the 
kids being whisked away to Neverland vibe with like between them getting the and not the like the Disneyfied Neverland either. Yeah. The the actual uh, original story in which was a much more darker place where kids could be kids, but there there's but. That, yeah, there's that, that sacrifice involved with that. And perhaps it I, I was almost wondering if they were going to go more that route when I saw mm. when I first saw it. I'm like, oh, they're getting abducted. Oh, you got these shadow demon ish creatures. Hmm. Yeah. I was thinking almost the Peter Pan where you have this area just full of kids that can never leave hmm. because if they yeah. leave, then all of a sudden perhaps time, it doesn't move for the night Walker, but if the kids were to leave that have been there too long and leave that area, they age rapidly and they, absorb, uh, they absorb the time that the uh, night Walker passed. I see. Huh? So, so, it's almost like a catch twenty two. You want to save the kids, but how long they've been there, they might, you know, age for a long time and they might just die, some of them. Right. Do you do you take a say a child was abducted like a hundred years? They've been there like what's been a hundred years, but seems like nothing to them because time's right. frozen. You take them out of that, their parents are dead. Mm-hmm. And then perhaps then they'll be they'll just rapidly age and become elderly or whatever and Mm-hmm. They never really got to live. Yeah. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. As we just take this show and make it even darker. Right. So I guess with that, I guess we should ask you folks out there, what do you think of this episode when you watch it? Hopefully along with the actual episode with our commentary. And what would you do to maybe kind of put this in an adventure? What you think of the episode? So, you know, let us know. Uh, by going to our our Facebook page, or um, you know, texting uh, or not texting, but Twitter, tweeting, uh, tweeting uh, Vince the evil DM, and um, I think with that, um, I don't know if there's anything else I could say about the episode, but I think it was one of the better ones. Yeah, you know, go out of your way to watch so, this. Yeah. It's really good. In retrospect, I didn't realize how much of a good episode it was. So with that being said, um, let's uh, wrap this up and keep it original and keep it old school. Bye, everybody. Good night. Roll for initiative.